from the Tulsa world. This is the OSU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Dean Rule and Jawan Lee. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. Whenever it is you guys are checking this out, thank you so much for giving the OSU Sports Extra Podcast a listen. Uh, going solo. As always on on Saturdays, uh, Juwan will be back Tuesday as usual. But um, I'm just going to do a quick little breakdown. I'm coming at you guys from the great state, the sunshine state, they say. Um, Florida, located in Orlando right now. Um, and we're going to break down a tr- brutal, dismal, dominating performance um by UCF against Oklahoma State. Knights come out, they win 45 to 3 against OSU, against an OSU team that had won the past five games, had beaten some really good teams, had, you know, they they defeated three teams who were ranked in, in this week's top 25 during that stretch. And uh by all means that they, they go on the road. This is their first road game against one of the new conference members and uh, just about everything went wrong for OSU. Um, Whether you, however you want to break it down, uh, they turned the ball over. They couldn't run. The defense let up almost, almost, not quite, but almost uh, 600 yards of total offense against a UCF team that had, I I don't know if I want to say they'd been offensively struggling, but um, OSU had faced better offenses uh, throughout conference play, but by no means, I think, uh, could anybody have really predicted this kind of outcome, especially, and you can kind of chalk it up to the the Bedlam hangover. The players dismissed that idea. Mike Gundy dismissed that idea that that this was a, a holdover from, from, you know, an emotional, a, a mentally kind of exhausting bedlam game. He he was quick to dismiss that players were. Um, I think when you look at this performance, though, this by no means should have been. You can say this was a trap game. Uh, I, I'd listen to your argument on that. As me and Juwan talked about on Thursday, not a big fan of that word trap game. Um but if you want to say that this had kind of the makings of a game OSU was was going to be playing in that shouldn't have been as close as as people expected, um, I'd listen to you on that. I don't think you could have predicted forty five to three. I don't think um, you know. I think when me and Jawan made our predictions, we said it's going to be closer than you you might expect. But this is a game OSU. Uh, should be able to pretty easily handle. You know, you're coming up against a UCF team that was one in five in conference play going into this this game. And uh, but I think I think they're a better team than not just the conference record, but the overall record of, of four and five. I, they're a much better team than what the record suggests. And they have uh, you know, they got John Rice Plumley, who uh, I'm not gonna make up Big 12 quarterback rankings on the spot, but he, he would probably be a in the top tier in, of quarterbacks, and he's starting to get healthy, and, and he had a pretty big impact on this game. Not just in in what he was able to do passing, you know, he almost 
He throws for 299 yards and three touchdowns, solid passing performance. But I think where John John Rash Plumley really separated himself was or, or really became such a valuable asset was in the rushing game. Uh, he, he took off a couple times, a couple of really important quarterback draws that he was able to, you know, successfully do. And and he, um, you know, there was a third and 15 QB keeper. He gets 16 out of it. He, not drawn up as a quarterback keeper, but, um, you know, he sees the lane open up and, and he decides to take off. He gets 16. They convert that third down into a first. That's something that UCF does incredibly well. They they're pretty much fifty percent um, on third down conversions. They're they're converting successfully. Entering this game, what do they do tonight? They go six of twelve, fifty percent once again. So I think when you when you look at this, there were signs that this was going to be a closer game than you might have expected. By no means was this a game OSU should have lost. I think um, this hurts them exponentially in the Big 12 title game race when when you start to look at uh, what's going on across the the rest of the league and uh, you get a Kansas team lose Kansas loses at the time let's see I'm recording this at 10:20 Eastern time so BYU Iowa State about to kick off so we'll see how that that uh, that outcome impacts the big 12 title race, but, um, I'll write, I'll write about that, um, Sunday, that'll be in our Monday paper, Monday with Tulsa world, um, online Sunday night. Uh, I'll recap all the implications of what this loss does for the big 12 title race. But point being it, this if OSU was in the driver's seat, they're now not going to be in the driver's seat. They're going to need, uh, I think they still have a, a reasonably good chance at making it, but you're going to need some other stuff to happen as well. So that that's definitely going to hurt them. And then, um, but but to go a little more in depth on the game, I think the other OSU's offense, Alan Bowman throws three interceptions all of which come off deflections. Those are just bad breaks. Um, I think if you look at the actual throw, I think you can make the argument one of those probably did not need to be thrown. The other two were good good balls. Get deflected when you throw over the middle. This is the, That is the risk of it. Um, the weather did not help. It started raining in about the second quarter, not a light drizzle. Uh, this was heavy rain. Had an impact on the passing game, but at that point, OSU's already trailing by so much. You can't rely on the run game. You're going to eat up too much clock. You, just, just basic kind of football principles. So, uh, and and that's why you see somebody like Ali Gordon have 12 rushes for only 25 yards. Um, I think UCF's defense did a really good job at at shutting him down. At you know loading they. This is not the first time OSU has seen a defense load the box. But when you factor in the rain, that makes it hard to throw. Um, so, so there's some, there's an element there of just, you know, that's something you can't control. Um, it, it clearly impacts your passing game, which in turn is going to impact your run game when you're not able to run the ball how you would, would like to. So 
all in all, um, a, a, a pretty brutal loss. And, it, it, you know, I think it's one thing if this game ends up 45 to 35 and UCF wins, but this was 45 to 3. OSU did not even score a touchdown today. Um, outside of a field goal in the third quarter, uh, nothing. And, and so now this is the second time this year OSU has been held to under to one score. Um, you got to go back to South Alabama, 33 to 7. That's probably not an ideal uh, game to to be compared with, but it but it happened, and and this is the outcome you get, and uh, you, you got to think like eventually there was going to be the trip. The the OSU was eventually going to trip up, right? And and I think that this OSU team has to play. This OSU team can only win a specific type of game, right? I think um, if you look at kind of the prototype behind how they put together their how they put together their five game win streak um offensively you get off to a hot start you score early you score often you rely on your run game and by the run game opening up you're, you're allowed to you know the, the pass game's allowed to open up and so you're allowed to be balanced on offense and then defensively they let up the big plays uh, i think two weeks ago I told Moon, me and Juwan were doing a podcast. I'd said uh, at this point, I think allowing the big play is just part of OSU's defensive identity, um, for better or worse. Like it, it's just this is who they are this year. But they also make the big plays when it matters, right? In the in the fourth quarter, they able to get the stops. You you know they've done that. I think they they had to do that in four of the five. Uh, wins during their winning streak the, the only one they didn't have to was cincinnati because it was a blowout um and so they were unable to do that they, they were unable to score early score often they were unable to get the run game going the pass game could not get going in the rain and the defense let up the big plays but the defense couldn't make the big play late because it, they weren't in the game anymore so uh all in all a pretty i think disastrous result um and and for me personally it was it was almost kind of weird you look at the the score at the end of the game and uh you know it was never close from the beginning but you know it's it's shocking to see they only scored three points today um and meanwhile you've got a ucf team that's been close haven't been able to get it done in big 12 play uh you know cincinnati you know, UCF didn't even get their first conference win until uh, Cincinnati, who they barely beat 28 to 26. And, you know, yeah, they've had those close calls. There was a second half collapse against Baylor that uh, UCF lost by a point. Uh, they lost to OU by two points. So I, I don't think that you can say they're a terrible team based off the record. They, they've played close games, just not gotten the win. Um. But this was, I mean, a beatdown, uh, a 45-3 to beatdown that, uh, you know, if you're OSU, you really need to, to readjust, especially because if you continue to play like this, if you're OSU, 
you're going to play yourself out of a conference championship berth. Um, you know, the bowl game is secured. They've got seven wins. If they lose the next two, they're seven and five. You know, they're still going to go to a bowl game. Um, but if you keep playing like this, you're going to play yourself out of going to a, a really good bowl game. Um, if you keep playing like this, you're going to play your way out of a conference championship berth. So there's definitely a lot that needs to, to factor in. Uh, that needs to get fixed. There's still a lot that needs to be accomplished in these uh, final two games of the regular season, but I'll leave it there for now. Um, I'll digest it. I'll put out some more thoughts um, uh, on Sunday afternoon. You can read that story, my my three takeaways from this game. Uh, we'll have all kinds of content this upcoming week. Juwan will be back on the pod Tuesday, as always, and then uh, yeah, I, as always, like to hear from you guys too so there's something you want to get off your chest you just want to share your thoughts with me uh shoot me an email at dean.rule at tulsaworld.com and uh i'll be i'll be sure to get back to you guys because i like hearing what you guys think and and just hearing the the reader and fan perspective on this because uh, i think there's quite a few things you can take away from a performance like this so i'll leave it there as always just a little quick hitter on saturday night Leave me your guys' thoughts. Stay tuned on the uh, TulsaWorld.com. We're going to have all kinds of content, not just from this game, but takeaways from this game and all kinds of stuff leading up to Houston, who OSU will play next week, next Saturday. Uh, Kick time is still to be determined as of 10 o'clock tonight. So that kickoff time should be coming out at some point Sunday, if not earlier Uh, So stay tuned for that, and we'll have all kinds of stuff coming your way. So thank you guys for listening. As always, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast, we're there, and we're free. Um, So give us a listen, bookmark. We'll let you know when we've got new stuff out. As always, thank you for listening, and I will see you guys Tuesday.